like to turn your attention to the book of Ephesians. The letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Chapter 1. And this morning we'll be considering verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. We began this expository series last week. We hope that we will get through the whole book from the from the first chapter to the last in God's will. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but then our our focus this morning will be in verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1. This is the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the full fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God, of, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
Let's pray and ask God for help as we as we listen to his word. Our Heavenly Father, we we come now to hear your word proclaimed to us. And oh how we need the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened. Help me not to bring before these dear ones my own words. Grant that the Spirit of God would use the Word of God to reveal to us the Son of God. Help all of us to bend our knee to Christ this morning. Grant, O Lord, that you would be glorified through the preaching of your Word and the hearing of it. Grant that we would not go out the way we came in. And because at the entrance of your word there is light, that you would shine that beam of light in our hearts. May your Holy Spirit be at work in us as we listen to the preaching of your word. Help us, Lord. Pray these things. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, <clears throat> I'd like to bring before you a someone that I have titled, Blessed be God, our God. We'll be considering verse 3 there, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The passage in front of us is a glorious one. This is, this is a glorious passage. The doctrines of election, adoption, redemption, forgiveness, and assurance of faith are well expounded from verse 3 to verse 14. We also have, if you notice keenly, in that passage from verse 3 to 14, a Trinitarian style of progression in, 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 in that passage. There from verse 3 to 14. We have the work of God the Father from verse 3 to 6. The work of God the Son from verse 7 to verse 12. The work of God the Holy Spirit from verse 13 and 14. As I mentioned last week, I would like for you to pay close attention to the phrase in Christ or in him because everything that we have from God everything that comes from God comes from him through Christ in Christ which is of utmost importance Jesus is at the epicenter of the passage before us and indeed the whole book of Ephesians Christ is at the center of it I'd like for you to look at verse verse 3 and, and verse 3 only in this verse we will find thanksgiving and praise and glory going to God the Father for all that he has done through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so what we have here is utmost worship. This is, this is like a benediction, a doxology, if you will. We bow before God and we give, we give praise back to him because of what he has done. I'd like for you to think about blessings for a moment. People say that they are blessed when they, you know, when they, they've received from God what they, they were praying for. And 
we have all sorts of blessings blessings that are temporal and uh, uh, blessings that are eternal temporal blessings are just for this life uh, like the means to go about life like the breath that we have it, it's just for this life when we die that that blessing goes and then eternal blessings are for the life to come the passage before us grants us eternal blessings and because God gives us eternal blessings we therefore bless him we therefore praise him we therefore glorify him we therefore lift his name up which is what we're going to see there as what the Apostle Paul submits to us so so please notice from from verse 3 there three things that's number one God has blessed us number two God has blessed us in Christ and then number three we in turn bless God so number one God has blessed us number two God has blessed us in Christ number three we in turn bless God number one God has blessed us look at verse 3 with me blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us which is what I want to pay close attention to notice that <clears throat> the letter has been written to Christians it has been written to the Saints look at verse 1 to the Saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus so this letter has been written to Christians and hence the us there in verse 3 who has blessed us is the saints the faithful ones then verse 1 it is not everybody it is it is those who are faithfully trusting in Jesus Christ so when we say God has blessed us what we mean is that God has blessed all those who are in Christ who are faithfully trusting in him If you come to this passage and read of the blessing of God and you're not a Christian, you should exclude yourself from this blessing. The blessing that is being spoken of here is for Christians and for Christians only. So when the Apostle Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, he's communicating that it's only Christians who have this blessing. If you're not a Christian, this is not for you. You should exclude yourself from it. And this is because the blessing has been given, given us <coughs> is a reference to the saints of God, those who have repented of their sins. If you haven't repented of your sins, how can you say God has blessed you? If God has blessed you, it's because you're a Christian. And so we have been blessed, all of us who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what has God blessed us with? Look with me there. What has God blessed us with? The answer is right there in the text. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That's what he says. With every spiritual blessing. I'd like for you to see here that every spiritual blessing that we have comes from God it's God who has blessed us and he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing all the blessings that we have they are granted by God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ 
It is God who has enriched, enriched us with grace. And thus all blessings come from him. The phrase every spiritual blessings or blessing means that it is with all those blessings that are brought by the spirit of God. I have already mentioned that there is a Trinitarian flow in, in the book and especially in this passage. And so then what we have here is blessings that come from the spirit of God. If the spirit of God has not awakened you, you do not have these spiritual blessings that are being spoken of here. And so then here we have the blessings that are brought about by the spirit of God and lead to a life in the spirit. Every blessing that we need for us to be spiritual men and women, we have. We've been given. We've been blessed with. The Holy Spirit is given to us to work in us the image of Christ to form in us every spiritual uh, um, uh, activity to make us like the Lord Jesus Christ and hence the phrase every spiritual blessing God the Father is the source and giver of this that's what he says there blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and so the Father is the source of these blessings it's him who has given these blessings to us. He's the mastermind. He's the architect. He's the super planner and the giver of all the spiritual blessings that we have. So what has God blessed us with? God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I'd like for you to notice that because we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, the next phrase that follows is in the heavenly places. And so this blessing is for the Christian. God has blessed us. This uh, uh, blessing is every spiritual blessing that comes with the Holy Spirit who is the author of regeneration in us. And this, this happens, the text tells us, in the heavenly places. We have grace and peace up there. You see that there in verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are part of the spirit, spiritual blessings that we have. Now we have grace and peace um, <clears throat> that are not of this world. The grace that we have is heavenly. The peace that we have is not of this world. It is heavenly. The happiness that we have is not similar with the one that the people of this world have. Our happiness is a heavenly happiness. That phrase there, in the heavenly places, communicate to us the spiritual blessings that are heavenly in origin they come from heaven they are given by god blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places where he is where christ is now we know that this is where god is and where god the son is ruling with all authority because we read it there in the end of the chapter Look with me at verse, verse 19 and 20. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the wa working of his great might, that he walked in us when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. It is where God is, where the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. Look at chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 5, even as we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved 
and raised us up with him and seated us with him where in the heavenly places and this is where jesus christ is this is where god is this is where christ is seated in the heavenly places now these spiritual blessings that are given by the spirit of god are where god is in the heavenly places so 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 this is what you're saying god has blessed us who who are the saints what has he blessed us with he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing everything that we need for us to live a godly life and this he has done even in the heavenly places number two god has blessed us in christ now <clears throat> the passage before us is one that uh, 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 brings me brings before us the the, the 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 trinity god the father god the son and god the holy spirit but then as you go through the book or as we will be going through the book we will see that christ is at the epicenter of it the blessings that we have are in christ which is what we are considering now god has blessed us in christ it says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ every spiritual blessing which we receive in the heavenly places we have because of christ in christ now for you to understand what it means to be blessed in christ you have to realize that you are a sinner that you do not deserve anything from god the blessing is only for those who are aware that they don't deserve it it is for those who are willing to bend their knee to christ so that if you're not willing to bend your knee to christ the blessing is not yours because this blessing comes for those who are in Christ. I have isolated the, the phrase in Christ for obvious reasons. Does the apostle say that God has blessed us in church? Or in the man of God? Does he say that God has blessed us in friends? Or in, fam in, in our families? No. Uh, this means that it does not matter what church you belong to. Or who your pastors may be this means that it does not matter who your friends are or in which family you belong the apostle makes it clear that God has blessed us in Christ if you're blessed here this morning this afternoon it is in Christ in Christ the blessing is first and foremost to be understood as having been given through Christ now look with me there from verse 1. I'd like to make this point absolutely clear. Verse 1. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 3. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4. Even as he chose us in him. Verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7. In him we have redemption. Verse 9. Making, to, making known to us the mystery of his will according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. Verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Verse 11, 
in him we have obtained an inheritance. Verse 12, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ, verse 13, in him you also. And you can go on and on and on. And, and, and the point there is that the blessing that God has given us, he has blessed us in Christ. If you do not have Christ, you do not have the blessing. It's not for you. Look at chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 13. The apostle says, But now in Christ, in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It is in Christ Jesus that we have been brought near. It is by the blood of Christ that we have been brought near. If you do not have Christ, you are an enemy of God. You are in hostility uh, toward God. And therefore God is your enemy. God is not your friend. You are not near God. Because the blessing is in Christ. Christ died for us that we may not continue to be alienated from God. Our Lord Jesus Christ brings us near. He reconciles us to God. And thus God has blessed us in I'd like you to notice that God the Father never blesses, never bestows blessings, grace, and mercy without Christ. And this is where now other religions hate Christianity. Because Christianity claims exclusivity. Christianity says it is only in Christ. It is Christ and in Him alone. If you do not have Christ, you do not have the blessing. You're not blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places if you are not in Christ. That's what Christianity claims. God the Father never blesses anyone. He never grants grace and mercy to anyone without Christ. All of God's saving work and activity is accomplished in Christ and in Him alone. To have Christ is to have everything, friends. If you have Christ, you have everything. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and understanding. He who has the Son, John tells us, has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. All of God's salvation is obtained in Christ. All of God's blessings are obtained in Christ. Are you in Christ? Are you sure that Christ is your Lord? Are you washed in his blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lord, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. If you're not in Christ, you're in danger. Without Christ, we have no rights. We are only blessed in Christ as His people. Because we are in Christ, all the blessings that we have come to us because of Him. Anything else may be a blessing, but if it is not in Christ, it is temporal. But you want an eternal blessing. You want an everlasting blessing. And this is found only in Christ. If you've been blessed by God, be sure that it is in Christ. Because if it is not, you will die and you will go to hell. You will perish. Only the blessing that is in Christ lasts for all eternity. Let me ask you again. Are you in Christ here this morning? Do you know him? Do you love him? Whatever your answer is, are you sure? Are you sure that you are in Christ? 
because if you're not you're in absolute danger and I'm calling you I'm calling you now I'm pleading with you now to come to Christ number three see our response we in turn bless God we in turn bless God we read there <clears throat> that it is God who has blessed us in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing and look at how Paul begins blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ there is, there is here an opening doxology see here that we, we, we in turn bless God and this is as we have already seen because God has blessed us in Christ this phrase blessed be God ascribes praise to God it is a statement of thanksgiving giving God the highest praise the Apostle Paul is here pouring out his soul in adoration to God for his great goodness for his great mercy the Apostle Paul is saying blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ he is as it were saying God deserves to be praised God deserves to be honored for how he has blessed us this is intended to flame our hearts it's intended to awaken you to give you a fire that you may praise God all the days of your life because of what God has done it is intended to cause your heart to rise up and to bless the name of God listen to what B.B. Warfield says here quote these verses should never be merely read in church they should be sung they should be a magnification of the name of our God and that's why we sing blessed be God oh bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name stand up and bless the Lord ye people of his choice because we are to bless the Lord with everything that is within us you know and with the hymn writer, our song here should be, Glory be to God the Father. Glory, glory, while eternal ages run. We bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because of what he has done. We give him utmost praise, utmost glory. All the glory belongs to him because of what he has done. The Apostle Paul begins <clears throat> like this, because God has really blessed us. God has really, really blessed us. In the past, He elected us. In the present, He has granted redemption. And He has, through the Holy Spirit, sealed us for the future. The Father chooses, the Son dies, the Holy Spirit renews those who are His, seals them for the last day, and produces fruit in them. This therefore makes the Apostle Paul give God this praise with thanksgiving. It is as though the Apostle Paul is saying, Hallelujah! See what God has done. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. William Hendrickson says here, quote, The Apostle realizes that divine blessings bestowed upon God's people should be humbly, gratefully, and enthusiastically acknowledged in thought, word, and deed. And therefore, what comes from God must go back to Him. End quote. So because God has blessed us in this way, we therefore bless Him. We therefore lift His name up. John Calvin says here, The lofty terms in which He, the Apostle, extols the grace of God towards the Ephesians 
are intended to rouse their hearts to gratitude, to set them all on flame, to fill them even to overflowing with this disposition. End quote. And these men are saying that we have been given the greatest blessing. He has blessed us in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. It is in Christ that he has done it. And because of it, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God deserves the highest praise, not only for who he is, but also for what he has done. As we see there, the Apostle Paul wants to set your heart on fire for God by reminding you what God has done, by reminding you that what God has done is a marvelous thing. And therefore, you bless God. He wants you to rejoice in God's gift and to praise him for his goodness. He wants you to praise him and praise him and praise him and praise him for as long as you live. Praise to the Lord the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him for he is thy health and thy salvation. That's what the Apostle Paul wants to bring out of your heart. Notice there that we bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is an intertrinitarian relationship here. Jesus Christ has God as both his Father and his God. Isn't that what he says there? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus being God, the second person of the Trinity, has from all eternity been the Son of the Father. Or the other way around, the Father has from all eternity been the Father of the Son. We know this from verse 4. Verse 4 says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, Christ was there from all eternity as the Son of the Father. So God is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Father is the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has God as both his Father and his God. In John chapter 20 verse 17, Jesus says to Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And when Jesus in Matthew 27, 46 is being crucified, he cries out, My God, my God, Eli, Eli, Lemasabakthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so this unique relationship that God has with his son is what causes us to bless him. Because God is the God of Christ, because God is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we bless him. Because in this unique relationship, the Father sends the Son, and the Son willingly obeys his Father. And thus accomplishing redemption for the people of God. And because of this, then we bless the Lord, oh my soul. And now because God blesses us with the, this gift of grace, all that we can give back to him is, is our words. As a blessing, thanksgiving, gratitude. And praise, as the Apostle Paul says there, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Applications. Are you amazed by God? That he would bless such a one as you. 
what is it that is in you that should make God to bless you? The answer is nothing. And this should make you to be amazed by God. It should make you to, to think, Oh, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that, that you pay keen attention to him? Are you amazed by God? Are you amazed by his, his kindness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his blessing you in Christ with every spiritual blessing? This should amaze you. Number two, do you admire God? Do you treasure him? Do you love him so much so that you cannot help it but bless him? Is this the disposition of your heart? To bless the Lord with all your soul? Do you admire him and treasure him for who he is and for what he has done? Because you should. You should so much so that you bless him. Number three, does it strike you that God has in Christ really blessed us? Like for it to strike you that it's not because of you that God has blessed you, it's because of Christ that God, that God blesses those that are his, those, those that have bent their knee to him. Does it strike you that it is in Christ? Is this how you think? Number four and lastly, the greatest blessing can only be found in Christ. Drive a big car. Go to the best hospital. Have a big house. Get everything that you will in this world. I submit to you that those things are but temporal. You will die and you will leave them. The greatest blessing is found in Christ alone. If you're not in Christ, those things mean nothing. Whatever title we may have, if you're not in Christ, it means nothing. Whatever status we are in, you know, we have people that are below average, others are average, others are above average in their living standards. Whatever status you're in, if you're not in Christ, it all means nothing. Because the greatest blessing can only be found in Christ. Those things are actually blessings for you if you're in Christ. Because if you're not in Christ, you will be like the rich man who died having lived a pompous life wearing purple linen, eating the best dishes, and then they die and they go to hell. It all means nothing if you're not in Christ. 
I submit to you that the greatest blessing that you could ever have is in Christ. And therefore, because of it, because God has freely given his well-beloved son, we stand up and we say, Blessed be God, our God. Blessed be the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you because you've been so merciful to us. You've given your well-beloved Son the gift of gifts, all other gifts in one. And because of this, then we bless you. We pray, O oh Lord, that these things would be embedded in our hearts. That we would, we would think about them. We would think of the blessing that you've given us. We would think of how you've been merciful to give, uh, give them to us in Christ. And that you would help us to glorify you and to enjoy you forever and ever. That whether we eat or we drink, that we would do it all to the glory of God. And thus blessing our God. We pray for those that may not be Christians here. That you may be merciful to them, to open their hearts to help them to bend their knee to Christ because if they are not in Christ even the temporal blessing that you've given them will eventually in the end pass away help them to come to you to bend their knee to you walk upon their hearts by your Holy Spirit to awaken them help us all to sing the song blessed be God our God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.